Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm a sack of potatoes, masquerading as a woman. That's a new one. <laughs> Vanessa Raglan. I'm Vanessa Raglan. That's a recurring character that uh, I don't know needs to recur. I keep pitching it and you haven't bitten, so I took the reins today. Well, there you go. <laughs> hey Vanessa, how are you? Hi Cole, I'm great, how are you? Super! Oh yeah. 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 Here we are again, doing a podcast. That's right. It's going to be a fun one too. It is. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. You know what else is exciting? What? We have a sponsor this episode. Yes. Whoa, Satan. Calm down. Uh, Loot Crate is sponsoring us. Loot Crate's a subscription box service for geeks and gamers that delivers epic items to your door for less than $20 a month, and that includes shipping Whoa. and handling. There's one, three, and six-month plans available, so you can kind of choose however much you need. Go for the six, because that's half a year. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Previous crates have included items from Marvel, Nintendo, Blizzard, and many more, and you have until the 19th of every month at 9 p.m. Pacific to sign up for that month, and when it's over, it's over. And every month, one lucky looter, one of the subscribers, yep. gets a chance to win the Mega Crate. What? Yeah, it's epic items that total $750 plus in value. Wow. Previously, they've had consoles, collector's editions of games, and other prizes so oh it's totally cool if you're a gamer it's definitely worth it they contain items you've never seen before and they work with licenses and brands you know to get exclusive items on a regular basis and it's available outside the u.s you don't oh just gotta be gosh. a stater to get it <laughs> uh they ship to canada the uk and australia Woo! sorry Mongolia. madagascar <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect gift for yourself and others, especially if you're a geek or a gamer. So uh, join the Loot Crate community and become a subscriber today. Go to LootCrate.com and enter in the code POPMYCULTURE to save $3 off a subscription plan. Not too shabby, kitty cats. That's right. Those are like actual Bitcoins. Yeah, they're coins. Yeah, they're real coins. <laughs> Loot Crate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Loot Crate. And thank you, listeners, because usually you're the ones who support us. Um, and this is the... Last last week with loot crates, so we're gonna need you. We're gonna need you back again. Mama's got a baby to feed. <laughs> Literally, has a baby, to, a real life baby. It's a human baby. That's right. Uh, so if you want to help us out, you can go to our website, popmyculturepodcast.com, and there's a little button that says donate, and you click it, and you enter a monetary amount. Sing song means you donate. <laughs> Any little bit helps. And if you donate, we'll give you a shout out on a future podcast. We'll take care yes. of all those uh, next episode. Uh, also, if you like the show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. Five stars only. That's another <laughs> or failed recurring character. It's, it's fine. You can be honest, but yeah. if you hate it, just don't don't take the time. Yeah. If you hate it, find something you love and pour your heart into that. There you go. I think that's good life advice. Don't right. waste yourself on hate. That's You're too true. beautiful for that. You can also email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll respond to them all. We welcome your suggestions, guest suggestions, things like that. And uh, just say hi. Just say hi. Just say hello. I just cold. This is my worst intro ever. I'm not on my guy. It's okay. The, the podcast still has to happen. Speaking yeah. of, what? Uh, leave your answer to the <gasps> first question on our website for this episode for a chance to win a signed <laughs> Best in Show and or Pitch Perfect Blu-ray. I'm not sure why I'm going to have him sign yet. Whoa. One of those two. We'll Boom. find out. We'll see what he's in the mood to sign. How about we let him steer the ship, huh? That's right. Well, uh, why don't we bring him out? Okay. All right, here we go. 
All right, our guest today, well, he's a staple from TV and film. He's a very funny man, a mighty win, best in show for your consideration, Pitch Perfect, and the upcoming Pitch Perfect 2, you guys. Mm-hmm. John Michael Higgins Thank is you. here. Thank you very much for that applause. I appreciate it. Oh, there it is. The birds go wild. The engineer just woke up. Okay. <laughs> we are in an aviary. There are hundreds of birds. <laughs> hundreds of birds. Cuckoo, <laughs> Some of these are famous Hollywood birds. There's three of the birds from Hitchcock's. The birds. the birds. Oh, they're still around. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. still just around. a few of them. They live up in the hills. Yeah, yeah. Those are the people who vote for the people. That you always wonder how they got the Academy Award. It's those right? birds. It's those three birds. <laughs> three. <laughs> they the are rest, hanging on for dear life. The, the rest retire from show business. They're just up in Bodega Bay being birds. <laughs> they're just up there. Yeah, but these three, they went Hollywood. And they went hard. <laughs> they did. Mm-hmm. One of them was the one who. Goes by her at the gas station, knocks into the yep. phone booth. That unforgettable cameo. Yeah, and they will never let you forget oh. that party. I've been cornered by that bird so many times. Oh my god! If you see him at the grocery store and you don't mention it, they're offended. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. The phone booth. It was great work. Yeah. It was really spectacular. You were great. It's over. You know that was the first time a bird ever flew into a phone booth. We know. Yeah. We, know. we know. We know. <laughs> I know. The, the only way to get them to stop talking to you is let them know that you don't have any cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> then the bird's like. <laughs> goes and pecks somebody else. I'm like, jeez. I tell you. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So, so nice glad to have you. You want to start again? No, yeah, no. It's, we're going to cut all good. that out. Yeah, it's for good. sure. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's start with, uh, we, we often talk about Justin Bieber on here. We don't want to, but mm-hmm. the guy does it so many happens. crazy weird things that you can't not. But right now, Seth Rogen mm-hmm. and him are feuding, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Uh, he Hollywood won, feud. He I wanted Howard to know Stern. What that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, what is this feud? I don't, so basically, they're both Canadian. That's the only real connection well, they have to each other. Serious problem. This I is the first think. time Canadians have ever feuded, ever fought, ever, yeah. ever raised ever. their voice. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So everybody's like, "What's happening?" Yeah. Uh, so he went on Stern and basically said, "I don't know how it came up exactly, but he said, like, yeah, I've met Bieber a few times, and he's sort of like." You think you would hate him, and then you meet him, and you're like, "Yep, I do hate him. This guy's mm-hmm. terrible." Like the second time you met him, how he had a snake. makes people sing like a canary. Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. He had a snake wrapped around his arm, I guess, like Bieber did, and oh. Rogan really didn't like that. Didn't like that. Like a living a accessory. Life accessory oh, yeah, kind of thing. Life accessory. So, uh, so Justin Bieber replied to him on Twitter, spelled his name wrong, and said, "Sorry, I didn't bow down when I met you. Yeah. Still like your movies, though, or whatever." So, yeah. Yeah. that's the feud. That's hard. That's it's hard. really hard. It's hard when young people uh, have these problems with each other, you know. And um, I think um, they need to check back in. To with Canada, who? To Canada. Oh, they gotta oh yeah. Go, they got to go back up north. <laughs> this happens. This happens when people come to come down yeah. uh, below the border. They lose their way. They lose their sense of Canadianism. Of Canadian. They got to get right back over. It, you know, it doesn't have to be long. It's not very far away. Yeah. And these days, you don't. You only need a like a, uh, some fancy card to get over the border. You don't have to find your passport. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. you can just drive right yeah. over. And they need to go through America Detox. They need to go up there, have a little poutine, yeah. take a maple leaf bath. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, let let the uh, you know let that fresh air and maple get back into their bloodstream. They'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. You're right. They just need to center themselves again. They got to get back, you know, up to the uh, stampede or uh, have a some steak, Alberta beef. Oh, that's like good. That. Enjoy their health care. Enjoy their health care, mm-hmm. for instance. You know. Maybe that's really wearing on them. We it don't could, know. They may be. Um, they may be suffering from a health problem. They probably are uh, being down here, and then that, that set them at uh, at each other. 
And yeah. this happens, I think it's something. I mean, it happens in a household if people get ang- hungry and then they get angry, they fight. It's right. not about the fight. Yeah. So, guys, this is about go Canada. up there, put on a toque, mm-hmm. go to Skydome, take in a Blue Jays game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't fight with them. Right. It's playoff <laughs> hockey right now. Go watch a Habs game. Go oh, go see the good. Canadians get play. You know? Can Just, I know what a toque is? A no. toque is a... Is, no, <laughs> no, definitely not for you, ma'am. You may not. You may not. <laughs> it's, it's underground hat lingo. No, uh, it's a... For it's a toboggan a, It's a wool cap. Oh. It's a little toque. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. It's good. Put on your little toque. You know how to spell that, Cole? I think it's just T-O-O-K, but I could be wrong. Took. That's the word took. It's the, it's the past tense of take. Yes, it's spelled L E T T E R. We say letter down here. It's actually a took. I could be totally wrong. I'm sure I'll get an email from somebody correcting me on, on took spelling. And, Nothing uh, you make up off the top of your head is totally wrong. It's Now, now it's real. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's out there. Fact. It exists. There's nothing, yeah, nothing to compare it That's to. a free improv lesson right there. Yeah, that's right. There's nothing to compare it to. It's all yours. <laughs> These online seminars happen all the time. All you guys. the time. Please do. We're here to serve. (laughs) So the Shape Magazine thing just happened. I don't know if you heard about this. Mm -hmm. So basically this woman, uh, she lost, was 170 pounds. Naturally. And uh, so it's a big story. So Shape Magazine wanted to do a story on her and run a picture. So she sent in a picture of her in a bikini. And it's uh, not... She has all the... She didn't have surgery or anything. Mm. So she has a lot of excess skin and everything like that. And they refused to run the bikini photo. And people are very up in arms about this, (laughs) herself included. But I think if it's Shape Magazine... Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, it's maybe not the nicest, most perfect world to live in, but like... Uh, Yeah, I think the people at Shape Magazine would probably say, uh, by not saying, uh, that they are not a medical journal. Yeah. They are an advertising organ and that they do not want to see their, uh, you know, uh, their, the marks for yeah. their advertising do not want to see. And they're not that. selling reality. No. Honestly, they're not selling reality. Nothing to do with reality yeah. at all. It's like men's health and yeah. all these things. They're just uh, billboards for products and, uh, and you know, that everything has to be carefully controlled. I remember years ago... Um, mm. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, did a thing where she got in her underwear. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yep. Where she sort of took her clothes this off and said, really this is me. really what, you know, here's me on the red carpet, and this is what yeah. they actually look like when and when you're wearing your underwear. And uh, I, I very controversial at the time yeah. and all that. Uh, and, and I suppose it should be, to some extent, controversial, but it's, um, it's, it's a good wake-up call. In this case, though, you know, it's... It's almost below comment because a, com- a magazine like Shape is not the New England Journal of Medicine. Yeah. We know what people look like who actually lose, right. you know, 170 pounds. It's going to be dramatic and strange. Yeah. And, and, exactly. and it was in this case. Yeah. You know. Um, Congratulations. They want to tell your story. Uh, but they're selling workout yeah. clothes, honestly. Well, the know? answer is they don't want to tell her story. They're not interested yeah. in her story. They're interested in the idea of her story. The sound bite and, of yeah. it. Yeah. And, like, and, you yeah. know, whatever. There, there it is. I don't. I, 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 what was her attitude? Do we know? Very upset. She's upset about Pissed it. Pissed off. Yeah. But she, she blasted she, the web. A lot of people are supporting her. But just, like, outraged that Shape wouldn't want to tell the story. I just don't know how you would ever think they would. That's I'm my. That's shocked. where I am. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure whether she went to the right place. No, that's all. Yeah, 
you know, I, I think you Canada know, again. Go, go, to Canada, go to Canada, honey. Go to Canada. They have uh, you know some state support for asking that research up there. And I think that I think she would do well in Canada. You're gonna thrive there. You're gonna. Thrive Everyone there. does. All yeah. What what's left of her? Is is, is it like a, still a 300 pound person? No, or is she, she down looks to great. Like, she's, she's down yeah. to yeah. She's, okay. She's very. She looks thin good. Now. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, why are you upset that you're not being put in a print magazine? I mean. So four, print is dead. So fourteen people at the airport won't see you. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> well, grudgingly, that, that photo is all over the web. It is yeah. viral. Oh, it is huge. Okay. You've already won. You've shape, already yeah. won. Being the shape would be, I guess, would be the frosting on the print cookie. It, or well, here's a question uh, to use. Uh, you will excuse me for using the phrase "online presence," mm-hmm. but does, does it, I will never say that again. But do please, they, it, please it, don't. By, no, I, it's it's impolite. <laughs> is Shape Magazine do? Is it basically an online magazine now, or is it real? It's a it's a real. It's uh, still a real still magazine. A real, yeah. yeah, it's one of the, like if you go to where the print magazines are nowadays, like it seems like they're mostly like men's health things like men's journals or shape decorating. Or home decorating um it is such a motley crew i the, the 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 magazines that are still in print when you see them on the rack you're like it, it looks like an aa meeting or yeah something. it looks it does. like you know, a bunch of people smoking um, cigarettes and, i'm here you know, still here man i don't still know here, man i'm one day at a time man one day at a time you know, guess there's a, a purpose and just don't know what it is just looking for just you know trying just to stay positive a, just, I got need a, my, just need a modern bride Can, uh, where's your modern where's your bride section there's so many bride magazines oh, which seems weird to me it's like i feel like if anybody ever day. subscribed to a bride magazine, it'd be like one year subscription and then they're done. Well, yeah. I think, yes, that's, yeah, that's, a, it's one of those, ma- but that to me, a modern bride is a perfect uh, magazine because the, the, you know, the, Do are, tell. I'll tell you why, because a bride itself is a a merely an advertisement of an idea. Oh, that's This is true. not you. You don't look like this every yeah. day. In fact, you've got one day in your life that you can to look pull like. this you thing off. You can even do it the second marriage because <laughs> you can't wear white and all that. Yeah. But, it, you know, you, you are basically a dumbed up, some gummied up version of yourself that you're sort of projecting to a, a specific Just group of like people. I have to show this person, this person, and this person, these 250 people or 50 people, whatever it is, uh, the, the this image of myself, which is completely not rubbish. real. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so it's. I think it's a perfect. Uh, that was very insightful. Thank you. You're welcome. I wrote it down quickly before I came. In. <laughs> yeah, I like all the post-its you've got. Yeah, on. Yeah, all Are we touching body. on everything you wanted us to? <laughs> right, this one's done. This one's done. Okay. Yeah, this one. This is Canada. One. This is Bride. Uh, Bride magazine. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I got my uh, Sky Miles thing in the mail. And I didn't have enough for a, a ticket, but they do that thing now where they're uh, like, "You never do." Just, no, they just nev- so you, you know. never will. You never will. You're always and they, close, and then they're they making change. us subscribe and to they take them away. Now yep. they're like, "Oh, sorry, they've expired." I did it yesterday. Just like I, I said, they came. The thing in the mail it says, "You're a loser. You have so few points with our program." But pick ten magazines you that you can, don't want. You can get Fortune magazine yep. uh, for six weeks, and then we just start billing you. Yeah, because. I know it's top of your list to sit down and say, you have to cancel Fortune. And to even notice that you're still being charged $10 a month. Like, yeah. ugh. Well, because if you cancel Fortune, the Fortune people are like, <laughs> I knew it. We made a fortune on this guy. <laughs> Another rube. <laughs> Yeah, that is that whole thing of like, I'm almost like, well, I don't just let these expire. I, I don't, I don't need year. guns and ammo. I really don't. Well, last year we got a bunch of magazines because it was like, well, they're all free. I know. And 
we didn't open them. No. And I felt horrible every time I would recycle them. Just like, oh my gosh, I am part of the problem. And so this time I just recycled the Sky Miles. I know. Done. How did you do that? What did you do? I just put them in the recycling bin, ripped it up. <laughs> Threw them out. Yeah, because it was worthless. Like, now, did you donate go, the miles to children in Africa? Oh, I should have exactly. done that. Who's getting those miles? Where are those miles going? They can get a 10% off FTD. <laughs> <laughs> and that could be a pretty big deal for that's, someone. Okay? It is. Okay. That's, you're, if you're delivering to Africa, that's a, Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's that is good. There was like that whole thing of like the sports teams that lose the big games that have all this like championship stuff printed because they yeah. want it immediately, but then they lose. Like they just end up donating all that to other countries. So, so everyone kids, has a very wrong idea yeah. of who's won what. In right. <laughs> there are so many Buffalo Bills Super Bowl championships. They did it again. Shirts out there. Here's my Four idea. years in a row. I, this is actually a somewhat serious question, and that there probably is an answer that none of us know. Mm-hmm. And uh, some a person in marketing will understand why. I don't understand the model, the business model. Why do they want you to use your miles up on magazines? What, what do I, the yeah, magazines get, what does the magazine get out, out of it? What do the, I bet, what do the I bet miles that they get have out? a thing worked out where the magazine people kick them back X amount of money or whatever. On, no, it has, to, it has but to be the airline paying the magazines, right? Well, yeah. If I fly to St. Louis, and now Fortune Magazine has to give me a magazine. I don't get the... The, I don't know because Fortune magazine hopefully gets you as a subscriber. You're too lazy to cancel it, uh-huh, so then they end up oh. keeping you in for a couple of years or whatever. Or you actually like it, and so you stay a subscriber. So the the airline gets I don't know twenty percent uh, of uh, that fee or whatever. Uh, when I forget to cancel, the airline picks up. Uh, well, now this seems whatever, very dark, doesn't it? It's a little. Nightmare. They're just hoping that we get screwed over. Yeah, they do. They're 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 you know they're going to grab whatever money falls off the table when you forget to. No such thing as a free gift, honey. No, also, really. airplanes fuel is half magazine. So oh, they, just, they run on yeah. Fortune magazine. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see them you know, wheeling a cart of magazines over and just feeding them in. Just pushing like them into the through so that thick. little hole. Yeah, they <laughs> they <laughs> sort of <laughs> put them in a, yeah, they, they roll them up and stuff them in the hole, the, the, the plane's hole. So when, there, when there's turbulence, it's just because Premier Magazine was sized differently and it doesn't quite go through it, very yeah, well. It's sort of opening a <laughs> little yeah. bit up. Yeah. Sorry, we got, a, we got a different format here. Did you see the kid who stowed uh, that that news story? The kid yeah. who stowed away in the wheel. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. They rarely, Wait, no. Yeah, what? this kid uh, stowaway in jumps, San Jose. San Jose jumps on a a, a plane, you know, a, a jet airliner's uh, uh, wheel uh, stowage area. Like how big a kid are we talking about? Mm, 14. 14 years old. Okay. Most of these people who do that, it's not a it's not an uncommon stowaway plan, and it's not a good one because you die. Oh a lot my of the gosh! Time. Yeah, it's a very small percentage. Too cold right? up there. It's like <gasps> 20% survival rate. And the problem with the cold, you can live through that, but you can't live through the lack of oxygen. There's just so little oxygen up at, <sighs> at where you're up 30,000 feet. There's, there's not really enough. I mean, if you were a kitten, you might make it because you don't need that much. But uh, So the kid lives, and he's just basically a frozen... Yeah, he's like basically yeah. like because hypothermia is set in, that saves your life or whatever. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like yeah, hypothermia happens. It slows things down so much that you, that you don't of, need as much oxygen. You don't oxygen. need as much yeah, oxygen. Yeah. But so I think to, that he was young helps. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they land, he, he stowed away to Hawaii. Hawaii. He's trying so, to go to Africa. Wait, to why? Go back to his family. Like the wrong way. Yeah. To get to his family? 
I guess yeah, yeah. I guess he's his family is back. I don't know what extent of his family. This like is maybe a strange story. So yeah, so he through survived the landing. It. It's like all right. So the wheel Whoa. comes down for the landing. Oh. The hooey. And why don't you fall out? I mean, because a you're frozen and you're almost dead. And what did he just hold on to a bar before he fell asleep? Yeah, I got a no I no guess. visual image of what None. this space looks like. I don't either. It sounds real like a bad idea. Well, it's slightly it's better than Coach. It's like, <laughs> more legroom for sure. Yeah, a lot more legroom. It's like the coach seat that's up at the last row up against oh, the yeah. bathroom right. that don't recline. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just don't. yeah. I mean, do you remember ATA Airlines? No. Yeah, that was one. It was like a cheapie. And I remember my wife and I and our kids were stuck in the back row there, oh, and then no. their, their like toilet broke. <gasps> it was such a hilarious. It was a hilariously bad flight. We just we call it ATA, a terrible airline, is what oh, we called it. That's a good nickname. But yeah, it, and then then you were stuck with this weird social thing of like, you know, the really pronounced, unmistakable smell of human shit. Oh gosh! And just sitting there in the whole last. Fifteen rows, just oh, looking in, in each other's eyes, God. like how We've do you done deal this. with the smell of shit that came out of a person? A <laughs> oh, human, one of us yes. did this, <laughs> or many of us. <laughs> and here we are. Is it a conversation starter? Do new conversations happen? You know, it's we a, spend it's our a life bit of avoiding a, that conversation. Exactly. We're like, exactly. we find rooms to hide the poop. We pretend it doesn't happen. Wherever. It happens, yeah. honey. But on an airplane, it becomes kind of like a fun murder mystery party, <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> sort of like it's a chamber like, piece. Of, where did you eat last night? Right. Yeah. I've, I've cleared you. <laughs> I've cleared you. <laughs> Your story checks out. Are you vegan? <laughs> because something's really wrong in the state of Denmark here. <laughs> I think it's anybody who's a vegetarian. It's amazing to me, like, the differences on airlines now of just, like, like viewing options, like, on Delta or, like, United and things like that. It's just, like, that every fourth row, there's one tiny little, little television on the sky that you're all watching Shrek 4 on. Yep. And then an episode of 30 Rock, and you have no choice yeah. in the matter. That's no where you choice. run. Yeah. And it's a VHS tape you can tell because you see the line the go line. through as they play no, it. Totally. Oh, does that mean it's a VHS tape, those lines? <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually. Yeah, usually. Oh. Yeah. It's so, pretty low tech, those, those plans. I mean, because they haven't upgraded that at all. And then yeah. in first class on those things, they'll give you like a personal viewer or whatever, but yeah, that's it. Right. But then you go like, like on JetBlue or Virgin, Virgin or whatever, they're nice like in screen. the seats. It's a touch screen. And yes, you can, it's like $8 for a movie, but you can watch whatever you want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm going to drop my own career for a moment here, but I was on a plane and um, they were playing Best in Show on the plane. Now I've seen for everyone to watch. Yeah. It was just, I think, yes. yes. It, was, it, was a, it was a, you know, a communal view, viewing thing. Yeah. Everybody's watching. That's kind of wonderful. Well, you know, these that, that's an occupational hazard. But w- w- to me, it was interesting because I have you know, I don't need to see Best in Show. I've seen it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it. It's lovely, <laughs> but I don't need to. And yeah. I, you know, I'm like many actors, I'm not really into watching myself. Yeah. If I can't change it, I don't want to look at it. You know, I'll, I'll only see things that I want to change. Anyway, but I tuned in for a second because I noticed that there were cuts. You know, oh. probably for time, for content, for and time. content and time. Yeah. And I'm thinking. I always think of Best in Show as a movie that anybody can watch. Yeah. It really isn't. Uh, people I know at my kids' school say, oh, we watched Best in Show last night, and it was a mistake because the scene where she says this and that. Oh. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess she does say that. I guess that is kind of dirty or something. And it's, it's like, okay, it's not for everybody. Fine. 
And I'm like, all right, well, uh, th- th- there'll be some cuts in the content here. I had a line in it, um, you know, uh, where I'm watching uh, the dog thing happen, and we're on. I'm watching. McKean and I are watching it on television, and Jane Lynch goes over and she wins, and she hugs Jennifer Coolidge, and they they hug each other surprisingly and kiss each other. Yeah. This was a big reveal that they're lesbians. And I say, my guy says. Um, looks at the other guy and says, oh, uh, her name, uh, Rhapsody was the name of the dog. Oh, Rhapsody has two, two mommies, mommies, right? So that's that's a joke. It's about a children's book, which you can go and get in the public library. Right now, it's probably on display right in yeah. front. It's a perfectly, you know, it's a family-friendly book. You know. That's cut. Just that line is cut. The kiss is still No, no, the that- kiss is in there. All the, you know, like the visual information of them being lesbians, totally there. The line that was over the scene was cut. What does that mean? Then they leave, and then Fred Willard's on, and he's doing all these sort of proctology jokes, and, you know, stuff that's got a little bouncy, all of it's in. (laughs) All of it. Like, you know, uh, know, I don't know, there's some some edgy, bouncy stuff. Certainly more bouncy than Rhapsody Has Two Mommies, which is the name of a children's book. That you right. can get at your public library. It's on display. There. That is bizarre. And like you cannot talk about it. the idea of lesbians is so horrific to the American public. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, lesbians yeah. having children. Maybe exactly. that's yeah. like it's I'm taken it to the next it's for, level. It's like a political problem. Yeah. It was like for political content that or is something. Crazy. I mean, I couldn't figure out the thinking on it. That's it's pretty like, depressing. Too. Yeah. Like what world? I know, but that's the airplane for you. It's like they, and again, they don't have to follow anyone's rules but their own. It's like sky rules. Yes, sky rules on Delta. No lesbians. <laughs> uh, you can do. You can. You can talk about. You know, pr- your pro- taking anything? your proctologist on a date. You know, or whatever. But and if uh, the lesbians are making out for male pleasure, we'll consider it. Then that's a consideration. Mm-hmm. But in this case, they were gay people, so yeah. they're not. You know, the guys watching were gay, so they're obviously the guys are not getting any pleasure out yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know that's probably I mean? the deciding factor. So that was the deciding. Yeah. No, if it were sexy, yeah, you know, then then it's okay by Delta. <laughs> but I couldn't figure out the thinking that's on that at all. Gotta be the worst. Like, there's bad jobs out there, right? Yes. One of the worst jobs has to be I edit movies for, for content. Delta. <laughs> for content. For airlines. For Delta. Delta. Yeah. For Delta's peculiar sexual Or maybe, taste. maybe the person loves it. Maybe he goes up to women in bars and is like, hey, uh. You ever seen my cut of Best in Show? Seen <laughs> you want to come upstairs and see my cut of Best in Show? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Sure. You ask me if I have a God complex, well, let me tell you something. I am God. Yeah. Hi, I play the gay guy in Best in Show. Does that turn you on? That's got to work, right? Yeah, that's got to work. It works every time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, one last thing. This you got is anything on that about. page of yours that we need to talk about? Um, it looks like it does. Look at that space pen you've got. It's nice, right? little space pen. Uh, this is a, a random thing. There's this Craigslist posting. These two students wanted to hire a hitman to hit them with their car with a car so they could get out of their finals. Mm. It, it actually said, end quote, I am looking for someone to run my friend and I over with their car. We do not want to die. We just want to be injured enough to get out of taking our finals here at UGA. Please do not kill. Wow. <laughs> they're really looking for an expert driver. Yeah. Somebody who has a lot of skill. That's a gamble to take. That's tough. <laughs> and it was like Hitman wanted. It should have been Precision Driver wanted. Yeah. That's what it should have been. Precision Driver. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, the, that plot is, is one of those old standbys. Every, every budding screenwriter. Let me say this first. Every, every playwright, every young playwright writes a play. 
that is called a murder of crows. Because when they discover that a group of crows is called a murder of crows, they're like, oh my god. There's a something mur- there. A murder of crows. <laughs> they all write the play called A Murder of Crows. It all takes place in a living room because it has to be on the cheap and all that stuff. And no one goes to the play A Murder of Crows. And go look it up right now. You'll see A Murder of Crows. There's 800 plays in oh, Samuel French called A Murder of Crows. I don't think you can copyright the title. Because it's an awesome title. Because <laughs> it's too good. And Nobody can too own good. that. And it's very dark. And I'm dark. And I'm smart, also. too. And I'm smart and dark. <laughs> and I knew that a group of crows is called a murder of crows. And this murder. <laughs> murder most foul. Did you, uh, did you see my, uh, did you see my follow-up play, uh, Parliament of Owls? Did you see that one? It's really good. Exactly. And so everybody writes that. They also all write a play, often a musical, about Frida Kahlo, the, <laughs> the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Spanish... Uh, Kahlo, can you Kahlo. go? Kahlo, yeah. can you go? There you go. And, and Kahlo, uh, everybody has to write it. You know, so if you're starting so out, rites of passage. you have to write a play called A Murder of Crows, and you have to write a play about Frida Kahlo. These plays go into workshops. They get done a lot in workshops. They never get a commercial production. And then it all goes away. You grow up and you write the play you're supposed to write. Um, the plot... Hire a hitman to kill yourself has been done many times uh, in very all throughout the history of film and various uh, lots of short films. I'd say hundreds of short films. Uh, of um, again, it's a young man's game. It's like, yeah. I'm hire someone to kill myself. No one's thought of that. <laughs> and I am shocked and pleased to discover that. Somebody's taken it to the next step and actually making done this it. a real thing. You know, like this is something that a person might actually do. Yeah. <laughs> Giving a little validity to the last yes, thirty years of filmmaking. Exactly. <laughs> that, you know, we've had to suffer through these <laughs> these student films of people hiring, uh, you know, assassins to kill them. And now these students have done it. it into their I would say God bless them, and I hope it worked. I, I, I hope they didn't get killed, and I hope they got out of there. I hope they got a nice swift hit to the body. I do, and I think that you know they got their legs broken or something, and they <laughs> skip. You know what they don't know because they're young is that they they're going to have to take the test there anyway. There will be they're a gonna, makeup uh, test yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> there's a makeup test, and, and you're you going to have broken legs. You're not going to have been studying. It's going to it's going to strain credulity if the car hits you again. <laughs> Before Tuesday. Oh, that same Subaru. Same car. I tell you, I try. Now I'm trying to avoid him because he's obviously out to. Basically, one. what's going to happen is you won't have to take the exam on Tuesday. You're going to be given an incomplete in the class, and you're going to have to make it up either next semester or over the summer. And you're back to hiring. You're back to your Craigslist. List. And you're not going to enjoy your summer anyways because Wait, you're not going to look good in a swimsuit because you've got broken limbs. <laughs> So, did they get hit, or did, Do we know did this no one knows what ended up happening? No the thing got, got flagged and removed, oh. and uh, who would flag that? Like, what Craigslist user is like, this isn't right? Who wouldn't just be like fascinating? Why would why would it get flagged and removed? Because I mean, someone must asking... care about those people. Yeah, but that's their... as the idea of people. If I said if I said, here's a Craigslist listing. Hi. I, I want to break my arm, mm-hmm. and I need some help. Is there someone who can help me break my arm? I'd flag that uh, shit so why fast. Would you, what, <laughs> on what grounds do you flag that? It's the same people that don't like assisted suicide, right? But on I'm a not, different I'm level? I'm not asking to die. That's illegal. <laughs> it, it is illegal. I think it's illegal to kill yourself, I mean, for whatever sense oh, yeah. it makes. Yeah. And it is certainly, certainly illegal to kill somebody else. It's frowned upon to have someone break your arm. Socially. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but socially. It's not a great social interaction. No, it's not. It's not the first thing on everyone's social list. How'd you break your arm? Great story. Was, yeah, some friends yeah. got together. We broke my arm. An arm breaker does not make a good icebreaker. <laughs> it's, oh, it is not. Uh, I, don't, I still don't know on, on what grounds. That would it, be flagged. It's their arm. It's their leg. They can do with their leg what they please, I think. One would hope. People flag anything. I have a friend on Facebook who uh, is a mom back in Davis who had photos of her kids on there who were like on two or three. No, this is on Facebook. Oh, I was like, it's oh, like two no. or three. Like they're like a photo of her daughter who was like really young, uh, who's not wearing a shirt because she's yeah. like two or whatever. And somebody flagged that for like nudity or inappropriate yeah. whatever. It's like this is a kid in a little <laughs> waiting pool who's. Yeah, two it, years old. It's uh, that's a whole. You know, that's I. I it's it, in you know, it's such a crazy world out there. It's just you know, the minute you have somebody under the age of fifty, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, <laughs> like you, 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 you keep them off the internet. Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, if you're over fifty, get 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 on the internet because you only internet. have a few days yeah. left. Yeah, before no one cares at use all about. They're looking right through you. Figure right out now. how to use it. And then Figure out it. how to use it. Now this, when I hit return, nothing happens. <laughs> AOL mail. Do people still use this? Goddamn thing doesn't work. (laughs) It's one of the things I'll miss about the fact that we don't really have VCRs and things anymore is like whenever you would have a substitute teacher in school who, instead of trying to teach you something, is just going to show you a video, cannot figure out how to work the little TV and VCR cart thing. That's the burden of a substitute teacher. It is, right? I mean, in my day, it was the overhead projector fascinating object and you know the minute they simple oh it's so simple but you know the minute they put the thing up there you know they put on the the math problems on the uh, oh and the the transparency is turned the wrong way yeah that's a funny word we all use and it goes on backwards yeah transparency (laughs) transparency? uh, or xerox you know the uh the ditto you know yeah that smell that purple (laughs) purple ink that they made the uh, tests out of yeah um all that's gone but you know they would put it on and what would happen is the wax pencil that they use to make oh yeah the, it burns for a second so a little a little fire <laughs> a, a little smoke ex, you know comes off the uh, the page and I remember being transfixed by it and you know like in <laughs> you know you know uh, ninth grade French I was sitting there in some hideous bungalow. And, you know, <laughs> so I was in California at that time and just watching the smoke curl up off the Transparency. I have no idea what the 16 irregular verbs are. I care less. <laughs> Just knowing there's a better life out there somewhere. Yeah. Look at the dis- look at the smoke curl I, off. I wonder if this, I wonder if they still <laughs> I wonder if they still use film strips anywhere. Mm. I don't think they do. I love the film strip. <laughs> I, I think we're getting you click them to the next. Picture. We're getting close oh, to them. Just, yeah, yeah, we're getting close to them. Just like downloading the stuff to the kids' brains and totally. not having to watch just, that. You know, but insert the it's chip. coming. Insert the chip. Yeah, that's going to happen, or we're all going to die very soon. Yeah, very soon. <laughs> One of those two things will happen <laughs> really soon. Well, we'll be hit by the car that we hired. Dad. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> if gonna, everything goes according to plan. <laughs> well, the, uh, the plan was just to break our legs, but everyone's going to get killed by the car because you know it's Craigslist. You can't vet the people. You or, have no idea. You know Everybody's. I would like to see all those replies because it's probably the all caps. Like I'll do it for twenty dollars, or like I'll be right there. You know, when you put something on Craigslist, you get the craziest all caps. My most totally. like insane responses. All caps is always a bad sign. It's a bad sign. It's a bad sign. We hired, well, we were going to, this is how stupid we are, but we got a window AC unit. Yeah. And 
were both afraid to install it because it looked very complicated. Yeah. It turns out it's not very complicated. But the arms and the levels, you have to level yeah. it out the thing. So we put something up on Craigslist, and then we were far more petrified of the responses we of got course. than actually putting the AC in. So hey, I'm, I'm happy to install that. Uh, I'm going to need to look at your feet for about uh, 20 minutes. Uh, I'm going to bring the digi cam. Uh, you got to get your, all your toes and all that stuff. I'd really like to look at that. But, uh, yeah, the AC yeah. won't be a problem. <laughs> oh, the AC's easy. I just want to see the toes. So I'm going to need a straighter uh, Need your feet. Gonna need a tub of guacamole <laughs> and some duct tape. And Don't ask any questions. Uh, I'll put in that unit for you. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Also, could you read this? It's called a Murder of Crows. <laughs> I think you'll really like it. You'll like it. I want Takes constructive place in a suburban feedback. living room. Constructive feedback. All right. I understand there's some story arc problems in the second act. I get that. Yeah. It doesn't need to be and pointed we, out. To I me. know all that, but you know, Frida Kahlo hires a guy to kill her. <laughs> so. <laughs> Take the script. Put your put your feetsies up. Now I really want to do a festival of just the murder for crows place. Wouldn't it be great? Yeah. I actually thought of that. Just a like... murder of murder of crows. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> a four day festival here at the Elephant weekend. Theater in Los Angeles. Holy, maybe the, a whole weekend. It's like Saturday. It's like eight readings of a murder of crows. <laughs> you know, a murder of crowses. Crowses, yes. Yeah, which is eight plays called a murder of crows. Sunday, four musicals called Frida. <laughs> And then one, two plays called Frida that sort of bookend them. Yeah, and, and then, then four music, and then that one absurdist play where everybody like says what they're like. Question? He said. Oh, that answer. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. Yeah, we'll do that play too. Okay. Yeah. Well, be that'll be nice. Guys. So send your submissions. Yeah. <laughs> into Murder of Crows at gmail.com. Murder. <laughs> it's a bad weekend. M O M O Crows. Dot org. Yeah. Listen, if Check you're listening up. and you have written. A murder of crows, and I know you have. You're out, you, somebody out there has written that play, and, uh, or the Frida Kahlo play. Please send it in to this podcast, and we will happily read it on the air. Yep. Yes, happily. Can you imagine though, if you were listening and you have written that play, just the face you would make Listen, when you first started? We're, ma- we're making jokes, but I guarantee that someone has written a play called A Murder of Crows out there, and they're listening. All right, guarantee if, it. If you have written A Murder of Crows, we will arrange a table reading. <laughs> Write us at info at popmyculturepodcast.com. Attach it if you can. Oh, please do. Uh, we will uh, we will chat about it on uh, another episode. Maybe read a scene. Maybe Excerpts. Read, yeah. We'll read an excerpt. <laughs> Come on. You know you want to. And you know it's good. Some of, some of it's not bad, that thing I wrote called Murder <laughs> of Crows. I mean, the whole thing's a massive failure, yes, but... A few of those characters are pretty interesting. A couple of pages you really... you you. Delivered. You got that kooky old lady in there. She was great. She was great. <laughs> I want to see her story. Exactly. <laughs> she. Like that play. Lose the Troy character. Nice. Troy, you know, uh, when you name someone Troy, it means it's it's a it's a cry for help. Yeah. It, right it's, it's, it's a red flag. Just you know, if you got something really good going, you can just call him John, Lisa. It's no problem. Yeah. In fact, it's just, it's, you How know. many movies made in Hollywood in the last twenty years have a character named Troy that you can name? Oh, that's a great question. Because the second a script uh, coverage, every, yeah. yeah, a reader starts, they see the word Troy, they just they just it's throw out. it. It goes out. They, it's out they made a movie called Troy and it bombed that, hard because yeah, right. there was so much Troy in it. Uh, I'm just saying. But there was no one named Troy in it. Exactly. That that's, why they that's, why they, that's why they greenlit it. That's why they gave it a written. chance. <laughs> that's right. Got through the reader. <laughs> so We've yeah. covered a lot already. We did, we did oh, that. Well, let's talk a little bit. You've worked with Christopher Guest quite a bit. You've been in three... Uh, yes, and a, um, a couple of other things that, that weren't movies. Uh, we did a television 
pilot together, and we've done um, uh, some commercials together. Some very funny commercials. Yes, for uh, uh, DirecTV yeah. uh, several years ago. Uh, yeah, he, he directs quite a few commercials <clears throat> nowadays. Mm-hmm. I had actually auditioned for him one time as a callback for a Cheez-Its commercial, and I didn't know he was directing it until the callback when they're like, please bring in an actual headshot and resume, because he likes to hold them in his hands and look at them, yeah. which most people don't nowadays. And, and then, of course, they're like, it's Christopher Guest. And I was like, <laughs> ouch. Yeah. Cheez-Its. 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 At least he's seeing me do my best stuff. You know? Yeah. Oh, I can think of really funny things to say about Jesus. I just kept going up there being like, Triscuits, no! Ah, oh, let me do it again, let me do it again. Oh, wheat thins, no! Oh, better cheddars, God, chicken biscuit. Oh. <laughs> you guys met on a different project before you started working with him, right? We did. Uh, we met... As an actor. Um, how did that work? Um, uh, uh, yeah, we did a. Uh, I did a TV pilot with him for HBO before, which later that show later became the movie for your consideration. It was about a, ta- uh, a Los Angeles talent agency, a bad talent agency, um, called uh, the show called DOA, the Dorkman Orfman Agents, Dorkman Orfman Agency, um, which are the two <laughs> characters that Eugene uh, Levy and Chris play in, in For Your Consideration. So many years later, it actually turned into a movie. But at the time, it was just a television show for HBO, which didn't end up getting uh, picked up. But um, the minute we were not picked up, he called me on the phone. And he said, would you like to do a movie about dogs? We're going to shoot it in Toronto, and and um, that, it, it, it'll be fun, and blah, blah, blah. And, and you, I want you to play the, the uh, gay guy. And at that point, I was... Um, I have nothing against gay people except that they're gay. Uh, but, the, but I had played a whole bunch of them, and I was not yeah. not enthusiastic initially about doing it, yeah. except that I was a, such a fan of Chris. And it was such a great opportunity that I, I, I said, sure, of course I will. And and Because um, I don't think he didn't want to do it, but he had done Corky St. Clair, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, you can't really do it better than that. And I just thought, oh, he's already done it to a fairly well, and I'm not sure I'm not, you know, I'm just going to be coming up on in second on, behind him. There were several things about it that were scary to me. Yeah. But, um, but you know what? It's uh, It was a good lesson for me, too. It doesn't matter... You know, it doesn't matter who your character is on, you know, what, what adjectives you can throw at them. It's all story. If you can get something interesting going uh, story-wise about your person, no matter what they are, male, man, or the most boring thing on earth, it's going to be good. Yeah. You know, and I, that was a good lesson for me, I thought. And I, I really enjoyed doing it. It was great. And people aren't using that measuring stick of like, well, Corky versus like, no, they're not. that doesn't exist. They're really not. The actors bring their own thing to it, and it's a totally different experience. Yeah. And it's it's it's... It's also just it's a, like a cultural insult to gay people yeah, or exactly. black people like, or women just to say, oh, another woman. Somebody already did that, yeah. You know, you know, and, yeah. And so, but there it is, you know, and it was, uh, maybe it just frightened me as a performer because as a, uh, you know, I, I feel like there was, like it, it, it is a type that yeah. shows up in, in things and you can, and you either have a good idea about it or the same ideas about yeah. it, you know. That's the trick. It's yeah. like, is it, oh, the gay guy. Right. You know, 
And um, and unfortunately, that's how ninety percent of it is written. Right? Yes, you know, so it's like it's on the actor to make it not that, and, and that's a pretty big responsibility. That is a good point because the Chris, there is nothing yep. written dialogue, so I, you really can do your you own can do thing your own with thing. it. And for the most part, you're right that, yeah. that when the scripts come and it has a gay character, it's it's some somewhat it's a stock of an in, insult. Yeah. To, it's a stock character, and it's hard to make it new yeah. or or not or to, to dignify it in some way. Was the pilot that you guys shot also improvised? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, not as much. Uh, had pieces, yeah, had stretches of improvisation in it, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it was it was written because it was a half hour half hour single camera comedy, so it was pretty tight. Yeah. To the You know, there's only twenty something minutes of playing time available, yeah. and you have to, you know, keep it. I actually am relieved generally about when people hand me a script and say stay on it because I, I <laughs> for the most part people uh, for whatever reason have been hiring me in the last 10 years they, every time I get on a job you know I come in I know my lines and they say oh please say make whatever, it funny do whatever you want you know <laughs> open yeah. it up and blah 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 and I, uh, sometimes that is a, a welcome you yeah. know if I find that there's a problem but often the scripts are very good yeah and it's like there's nothing wrong with this I think your writer Spent a lot of time thinking about what exactly should be in and not be in this scene. For the most part, the writers are excellent. Yeah. And it's like, this works. Why don't we just do this? Well, and you're like, no, 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 do whatever you want. Your background is theater, yeah. right? More than yes. improvisation or totally. things like that. Yeah. I'm not really... The whole thing about me being an improv guy or even a comedian is came as a bit of a surprise to me when I came out here to Los Angeles because I, was n- I wasn't that. I was yeah. a stage actor who spent most of my time in classics you know mm-hmm. Shakespeare Shaw that sort of thing were you playing comedy in those did you end up with like comedic uh, roles or no 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 mostly the leading leading roles eventually mm-hmm. in things like Shaw and Shakespeare yeah. and that's very text oriented I mean I'm very they're like just have fun with yeah it. go ahead <laughs> go crazy we you all know? seen Hamlet L- one way loosen it up <laughs> make him say something funnier you know? there's nothing better than trying to improvise in the language of the bar it's not, <laughs> not not anyone's favorite had you know everybody who's done it has had to do that it's many people miss their entrance or whatever and yeah. there you are I know the rhythm goes like this. But you could end up panicking, just being like, to be or not to be or yeah, really slow. Just say a line you've already said, but slowly, and raise your eyebrows more so people think you're intensifying it. It is a great trick. I'll give this as a tip to younger actors out there. If you do have to improvise Shakespeare in a play, choose one of your lines from. The previous act, uh, the audience won't remember. I guarantee. It. <laughs> Say it very slowly, contempla- con- with contemplation, contemplatively. Good and, and, uh, morrow. Yeah, is <laughs> that what? Now the audience is in. You, again, you're telling a little story. It's like, what? Oh yeah. Now what did he say about this? The audience is totally entranced. He's brooding. Yeah, and the idiot who missed his cue will eventually come. You come. Right. Sure. <laughs> Thumb at me? That's That's it. That's like a real pro there. That's how you do it. Or you sit on the fake rock (laughs) and you you put your head in your hand and you Mm -hmm. go slow. Yeah, that's it. So when you when you do a scene uh, when you work with Chris, basically you just kind of get like uh, an outline for what needs to be accomplished. Like here's here's a here's where we need to get to. Have fun. Yeah. By the time the script is delivered to the cast. it, it, it looks like a it looks like a traditional script. It just doesn't have dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. So it's scene sixty four, interior hotel lobby, 
Scott uh, and Stefan check in. Period. That's what you get. Oh so, my gosh. you know, and, and uh, we know that's where it goes in the thing. And actually, sometimes Chris will have an idea about a funny thing to say, or Gene will, and they will write it in. They ask if they can have a larger room. Usually, they, it's a story point. They ask if they have a larger loom, room because the dog needs this or that. We have to establish that because at the end of the movie, the, that gets wrapped up. I'm making this up as I go along. I'm just, um, this isn't what happens in best friends, but I'm <laughs> pretending. Um, and, um, then you're then it's quick. We don't fuss around. We don't do multiple takes much. We do some, you know. Uh, we do a take. Um, you know the 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 DP says you can go as far as the end of the desk, and you can don't get past that picture over there because I can't light that part. So then it's your ball game, and you and you start talking and, and hope for the best. Um, if it doesn't go great. Um, then Chris will come in and say, well, try this, try it this way. Maybe you should talk about your mother. That would be useful for me, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you uh, do another take or two. And then if there's things that happen that Chris liked, he may go and cover them a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, then he shoots a bunch of inserts of people moving things around with their hands so that he has cutting points. Um, and, um, and then you're done. You, get, you move on to the next thing. We, we go fast. We've never spent more than 20 24 or five days, I think, making those movies. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's all part of the plan for him, for yeah. Chris. He doesn't want him to be fussed over, and he wants him to have a kind of... They do have a quality of um, immediate, imme- something immediate about yeah. them that's happening. You know what I mean? And I think that uh, it's a good lesson for anybody making a film. Um, you can fuss forever. You know, there is no end you can do a murder of crows in black and oh, white. You, you can, can do take a the scene a million you times. Can do, you, can, you, <laughs> you can cover every di- angle you can of that. Take, you, you can make Frida Kahlo's unibrow not quite a unibrow. You can just take a few hairs out in the middle, put them back in, shoot it again. <laughs> it's the same eyebrow. It's the right. same eyebrow. <laughs> and it tells the same story, whether it's a unibrow or a dewbrow. So anyway, the, the point is that he, he they're... They're movies that that he's trying to capture something that is like an event. It's happening yeah. in it's happening as you watch it, and I think part of the thrill of those movies is that the audience is watching and they have this little little uh, frisson, the sense that anything can happen. Yeah, right. And 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 uh, unfortunately, that format has been much imitated and mm-hmm. abused. Yes. Um, and then it's ugly stepsister reality television, which mm-hmm. is also in the mix culturally. And I don't know. I, to me, the whole thing is a uh, is very confusing now. I'm not. I'm not sure what the what the proper use of improvisation is anymore. It's yeah. a great tool to find things if you're an actor. I'm not sure it's a great destination. Yeah. Um, it can be great on stage. You know, we, uh, Cole and I've done it together, and and it's a uh, it's unmistakably an interesting theatrical event yeah you know yeah. I don't, uh, well, I don't know, I'm, well that's I'm, why I always feel that like whenever you try to record an improv show oh it's like, horrible it hardly mm-hmm. ever it's, e- even yeah. if you shoot it with like the best like because the joy stuff, is that people are in the moment it's with in the you. moment it's in the room it's like you've all created something together it's that creative yeah. spark but if like, you watch it later it's like well why wasn't that better <laughs> as yes, if they had time afterwards it's a real it's a problem that, about it is a problem with improv in general yeah. it is an event it's a conversation between you and the audience the audience is very much involved the energy that they're giving to the stage is something that a film cannot capture yeah 
you can't it's just dark out there yeah, on the right. film and you don't feel this that weird wave of energy that's coming from them that is literally pushing the performers around yeah it's making them do things and that is the conversation that's the event in the room it's unmistakable when you're it's, in the yeah, middle of it between the you audience feel and the performers. It. you yeah. know totally. it's happening it's yeah. a two-way street and you can't capture it on film yeah and it's something magical about the fact, like, hey, guys, the, the 200 of us in this room or whatever, we all witnessed and experienced and made this thing together, and no one else ever will. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen this again. This right now for this us. Moment, it's just this moment. It's here and it's gone. So either you dug it or you didn't. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of the best moments are uh, don't lend themselves to any kind of explanation or reviewing. They don't. Yeah. You, you, they don't. They don't lend themselves to that at all. And I, it's, um, I, I've sometimes in my career, you know, people will say, what's your, what's your favorite thing you ever did? The things that stick in my head were always things, generally things that were on stage. And there were moments or pieces of things that I did on stage that are gone. Well, and you can't obsess over them. You can't no. be on an airplane like, oh, I wish I'd done that differently. No, and you can't show them to anyone. Yeah. You can only do what I'm doing now, which is tiresomely telling you that it was great. And yeah. I, there's nothing I can do to convince it yeah. to show it to you. Yeah. It, it really is like you had to be there. Cause like you'll try, sometimes I'll try to explain something like to Jenny, my yeah. wife, like I'll be like, Oh, we did this great scene last I night know, and I'll try too. to give the context of it or whatever. And she'll sort of laugh cause she'll get the idea, it's embarrassing the crux of the yeah. humor of the scene. But like, there's no way that, you know, you it's can funny, really yeah, like there. I was thinking, you know, you and I had one that stuck in my head we, when that show we did up in San Francisco where, it was just this weird moment between the two of us where none of us, none, none of the audience, you didn't know, I didn't know, you didn't know, they didn't know. No one knew what it was. Yeah. But it was happening. And he and I were sort of nose to nose looking at each other. There was no content necessarily to but it was describe, but something was happening. Yeah. And it was making everyone laugh, including us. And it's inexplicable. And it was not... I don't think you. I don't think it would have been funny if we watched it again. Yeah, it's, we did videotape that show, so I'm. I haven't gotten them yet, but I'm curious to go back and look at it just because it, it was it. one of these weird. Because it was, a, we were literally an inch away from each other's faces, and it had to be a good like twenty seconds of mm. neither one of us saying anything, which is a long time on stage, a long, a really time. long yeah. time. And yeah. both of us sort of breaking a little bit. Like I would start to smile and I'd get yeah. pull it back ah. together. And then he would start to smile and then he'd pull it back together until it finally got to a point where we both just like lost our shit. And then we, and then it was over yeah. and the audience was doing a lot of work for us, like filling in possibility. You know, you just felt yeah. this possibility in the room. But again, it's like, um, the, the event was <laughs> the, the, uh, suspension in the room. Yeah. And it was between us and the audience. And it was like, um, no one knew the answers. Yeah. It was just happening. And it's impossible to recreate or describe or to film, actually. Yeah, it was a cool Well, and then cool when moment. you're talking about, like, people doing it badly or in films or something, the difference is also that you have Chris Guest who has a curation of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just like we're getting funny people together. Mm-hmm. There's a real vision to tie it together. Yeah, he does have a vision. And he, I think he uses the same people over and over because he... Uh, he made. He said to me before, you know, he's a he. He doesn't. He doesn't really have the time or the budget to sort of train or get people on board. So when you find somebody that works for you, you tend to use them again because you you don't have the time again in twenty yeah. something days. Right. But it, he is a curator, you know. He and he finally would just wants to tell that story. Generally, you know, what's frustrating for us as performers, we've complained about it 
not saying anything out of school. It's like he's less interested in our funny jokes, and there are lots of them, yeah. than he is in the interesting, what well, we just talked some odd interaction or some piece of human behavior that rhymes with something in real life that you rem- yeah. reminds you of yourself in some way or just some odd bit of behavior or um, something that does that. And, and that, to him, is always more valuable than the joke. He'll often cut away right before the joke. A lot of the times in those movies they do it wrong, it's like they get these improvisers or decent improvisers or whatever, but they're more like they're just going for jokes. They're Mm -hmm. going for the joke, going for the joke, going for the joke. They're not saying things that are necessarily true to the situation or the character. They're just like, here's a funny thing. And that's kind of what ends up in there. And it just almost feels like, well, that was funny, but it had like it just didn't feel – genuine at all to what that person was well, and when or whatever. I think of those movies some of my favorite parts and I think it's a lot of people it's like the parts you want to imitate your friends and stuff it's not the funny lines as much as it's the reaction faces you yeah. know so it's yeah. like the live moments of seeing how it's hitting people instead mm-hmm. of just like the punchline itself I think that's yeah. right he loves that and I, I just feel like I, in general all laughs are story laughs yeah it's always about a problem Somebody wants something there, and there's a problem. That's the laugh, and the laugh isn't a funny pun, or you know, you can get a chuckle or something on right. a clever line, um, but you're just getting laughs on words and and sounds as opposed to something deeper. And, and finally, those deeper laughs are the ones people remember. Yeah. So in Pitch Perfect, was most of that improvised? Yeah, a lot of that is improvised, and that's harder too because that really is a laugh clock to some extent. I mean, there's right. not much story you can tell when you're commentating on something. Yeah. And I didn't even see the material. I'm not doing it to a tennis ball. You know, I didn't right. even think they shot the stuff. Oh, you time. hadn't seen it at all at that know. point? Oh, you know, wow. Some of it was available on video. And I remember talking, you know, looking at it a little bit and thinking funny things to say. They had very good writers on that, too. So a lot of those good jokes were that. But that really was a kind of a laugh clock. And yeah. That's, that's hard. I think those are, that's not, you know, it's a tough, that's a tough gig, you know, when you're just asked to say one line. Well, because then you're not playing I know, at all. It's, it's hard to, to, you know, to me, I'm always trying to work up a story. And we ended up finding these cool things about me being a weird misogynist or whatever, mm-hmm. or having a relationship with her that was odd. That will generate material. Yeah. Right. You know, and otherwise you're really just, you're doing, you know, whatever, mystery science theater. You're watching something and, and trying to... Scribbling down a joke about it. Yeah. 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 His hat looks like a toaster. Isn't that funny? You know? Yeah. Or whatever you got, you know. Uh, God bless you. You know, if you, right. if you come up with, just with some good stuff. It, it's something that is, I don't take much interest in, yeah. finally, you know. Um, but... Um, there, but there it is. You know, I, I have to do that a lot. It's strange. That's where that's where I've that's what I because of those films. It's kind I of delivered so. you into that. Yeah. And, and I think it is a misunderstanding what that stuff is. Yeah. That it isn't just a bunch of jokes. For it's sure, a, a funny story that people are interested in. Yeah. You know? well, let's do first. This sort okay, of ties okay. into Pitch Perfect in a sense. Okay. We do a different first question every podcast. A different first from life. This was what was the first choir you were ever a part of? Mm. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> There was a. Uh, I, I've often been the only male voice in the choir. Um, this all the way back. Not to, to like, brag. Not but. to brag. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't popular with the other, with the other fellas. They were not. It's not. So this would go back to sixth grade or something like that. And then, um, so I, I remember the first choir I had to stand up and get in a row with with other people and sing would would have been uh, say seventh grade, wearing choir robes, I believe. Oh I mean, wow! Polyester choir choir robes. And I think we sang, wow, I think we sang like Darktown Strutter's Ball. (laughs) 
I think you're probably is, right because it's a very specific which, guess. Yeah, that's a long, long time ago when when it would be, uh, you know, a possibility to sing the Dark Tap Strutters <laughs> Ball in public. Yeah, where there is no racial content uh, implied. Oh, or this anything. is a delightful it's just song. Just a great old song from the twenties. You know what I mean? I mean it's just. <laughs> but there it is going through and it's like boy it was such an innocent I mean this was not that long ago I mean I, I'm yeah. you know I'm older than most but it but it's like historically you know not that long ago yeah. and there I was you know and this would never happen <laughs> never ever ever happen now in 2014 so that uh, yeah that would be that choir and there have been many since but singing's still a big it, it's almost my only um I don't really consume entertainment products. I, I, I don't, I haven't, it's like, uh, the appetite is gone for that. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't want to be entertained. Yeah. I don't know what that means. It's just that it's just, it's what's happened to me. Well, you spend a lot of time entertaining doing that. Yeah. But I know people who do it all the time and they still, they want to watch Breaking Bad or whatever. And I'm I'm sure there's so many good things out there. I know there are, but I just can't. Uh, it's just not. It's not a. It's not a hunger of mine yeah. to have someone entertain me. So um, singing uh, does. I can still do that with a lot of a lot of pleasure, and I don't do do it nearly enough. But I still sing harmony a lot with uh, like like minded people, and uh, it's Ooh. very nerdy and all that. But uh, but it sounds sort of underground. Like minded people, it's we pretty meet under, up. It is pretty <laughs> underground. Yeah, it's somewhat under. But now it's very much in the culture. I mean, Pitch Perfect ex- is a good example. But yeah, um, I've always done. I've always arranged for harmony groups and still do and um, st- sing uh, a lot, like at, you know, just at my house and stuff. But but with other people. But um, uh, I, a choir is one of those things that uh, it has a hun- it teaches you a hundred things yeah. about life on Earth. It really does, like a sports team would. It, it teaches you one hundred things about how to be a, a human being. Mm-hmm. You know. The chord only works when everyone is doing it, and it ne- and it doesn't work at all if everyone's singing in their own way. Yeah, and and it you have to erase yourself to some extent. Devote you have to you have to um, uh, uh, surrender yourself to the group, and you have to bring your best. It's it's a weird mixture, and anybody on a sports team would understand that. Yeah, yeah, you got to blend. Yeah, you can't you know? It's the same thing in sports team. Like you, it's a team game. You gotta yeah. sometimes to you gotta sa- sometimes to you gotta just better. move the runners up and sacrifice yeah. yourself. Or exactly, whatever. it's the same and, kind of deal. And yeah. singing is very much like that. It's a group activity where you make you're making something from nothing, and it's something you can't hold in your hands. It's it's one of the great activities, one of the great human. It's one of the oldest arts. Is choral. Well, that was always like the frustrating thing because I was in a, a show choir in in uh, high school. We called it jazz choir, but it was just a show choir. And I was in the bass section, even though I was kind of more of a baritone, but the bass section was mostly full of, like, the high school quarterback, like, guys that didn't really sing, so I could do it. But the bass parts were always the most boring parts compared to everything else. Because half the time it was just like, like, it was, like, literally, like, nothing. And so they would get kind of frustrated with that, and you'd be like, well, but it's also, like... 
essential. Like you need that. Without that, nothing yeah, happens sound, without yeah. it. Without yeah. it. But there's so many. Like we would get like a piece, and you'd look at the bass part, and it would just be like this one note, <laughs> one note, slightly down, slightly down. Yeah, I know. Next I one know. Up, next one, you're like, all right, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you're back on. Yeah, back on the bottom again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Vanessa? What was your first choir? I mean, I had to be in church choir a lot as a kid. Like. I, I have early memories of going up with the children's choir, but my first choir experience that I remember being um, like nervous about and it felt like a performance was also at church, but it was handbell choir. Oh wow! We were singing <laughs> and playing the bells at the same time, Jeez, honey. That's hard. It was it was very overwhelming for me. That's a few other hard. kids totally got it, but you had to be picking up different bells, putting them down. I still remember the smell of the sweat in those polyester gloves. It was bad. Oh, you had yeah. to wear those little white gloves. Um, and I was just so petrified because if you're singing, you can blend in. If you make a mistake, like yes. someone will hear it, but it's not horrible. You pick up the wrong you bell, got the honey. Wrong bell, you are oh, toast. Shit. I was so nervous. And you ruin it for everybody. Yeah, I don't think anything bad happened, but I remember like the real fear. And I'd never had like a performance anxiety of like sweating or anything. And I was a kid. I probably was like ten or nine, but I remember my hands like. It was like that first date, I guess. You know, your palms are sweating, and it's like, oh, no, I could really screw this up. Is that up. why bell choirs wear gloves? To absorb the panic? To absorb all yeah. the panic, but it's unabsorbable. It's you, too it's, much. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> the gloves create a small barrier. But... I'm incredibly impressed with bell choirs. Yeah, they <laughs> really, really am. <laughs> it's crazy. It's really hard. Before and when every... you hear a good one, it's so beautiful, <laughs> oh, too. Oh, God, yeah. It's so beautiful. Before every show, we were like, I'll be there with bells on. <laughs> yeah. And then right. you guys yep. all high-five each other. Yeah, that's exactly put it. Put your gloves on and yeah, go work. They put the Really good players at the top of the, uh, at the on the top of the treble club where they've got three bells. You know these, oh, yeah. these people with three bells in each hand, and they can sort of ding. Mi- they can ding yeah. the middle one, you know, or ding make a chord, you know. And you the, have to stop it so quickly. Oh, oh I'm goodness, feeling the panic. Come hard, back too hard. And then the guy in the bottom has this big bell, the size of a salad bowl, you know. And he <laughs> bong. bong. He's got one. And he's done. The, the hunchback at the back is great. He's yeah. wonderful. He's he really good. He's one, you know, he's misunderstood. He is. He is so he misunderstood. Is. Hard to gold that guy. He lo- may look like a monster. Shape magazine. They said no, no, no. <laughs> he's like sanctuary. And like whatever. Yeah, uh, I think for me the first choir had to be like. And I'm mean, outside of like when I was a kid going to church a little bit and singing, but like yeah. I was definitely like junior high school um, into high school and that kind of thing too. And then like my voice changed between like eighth and ninth grade or whatever. So I went from being like, you know, all the boys were either like altos or sopranos or whatever to being like a bass, like yeah, yeah. in three months and coming back and them doing role and then being like, Cole Stratton here. Wait, what? Uh, what just, yeah, well, who's this what beautiful happened? man? What just happened? Oh, look at you. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. I just, I remember we just would do the weirdest songs. One that popped into my head that we used to always do is a song called Chi Chi Papa. Just oh, like Chi Japanese. Chi Chi Papa, Chi Papa, Sudaminagako no Sensei wa Muchio Furry Furry Chi Papa. Everyone loves that one. I remember to it, but being like, it's the Chinese version of at the Dark Town Ball. Yep, it was. It was. All right, let's do my question. Chi Chi Papa, Chi Chi Papa. All right, so these are five questions. They're all trivia questions on some of your past projects. She'll give you some hints if you can't get them. God. Uh, question one, you played Walter Ferris in Cameron Crowe's We Bought a Zoo. Yes. The film is a true story based upon an actual zoo in England called what? At a bar you throw. At a Dart, m- Dartmoor? Yep. yep. Dartmoor? Is that the name? Yeah. Dartmoor. Okay, okay, got it. Park. Okay. Well done. His name was me. No, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, the character, uh, 
Was the real person called me? Matt Damon played a guy called Edmund Me or Ed, whatever. Ed Me or yeah. Me, M E E, and I think the real guy was a Scott yeah. whose name really was Me. He wrote this book. Yep. Uh, did I read the book? I did not read the book. And, uh, <laughs> you know enough. And, uh, I did not read the book. All right, question two. You play Principal Snur and Jake Kazan's bad teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the office supporting players plays a steam ceiling role as Lynn? Oh, God, yeah. She's incredible. Um. Uh, oh God! I apologize. I hope she's not listening. I don't know how to give a good clue for this. No, you just have to say her name. Totally Phyllis forget. Smith. <sighs> Sorry, Phyllis. She is really. Uh, she was fantastic. What a talent! She's like made out of story. That woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a person who's getting laughs with really deep story. It, it, there's something really touching. Almost always, there's something very. Um, it's almost uncomfortable to watch what she does because it's so. It comes from such an interesting story place of like real pain. <laughs> it's just lovely. She's excellent. What a yeah, great she's act. so good. Oh god. All right. Question three. You played Terry in the Chris Guest mockumentary A Mighty Wind. Mm. The Folksmen are a send up of what folk music pioneers? Well, that's the Kingston Trio. Well, and, and you know, uh, 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 interestingly, I the the guy Nick Reynolds was one of the founders of the Kingston Trio. He played a tenor guitar, Martin T. Eighty. Very rare. Nice guitar. It's, it's a tenor guitar. It's just, it looks like a giant ukulele. And uh, it, it, Chris uh, really wanted my character to play that particular guitar, the Martin T80, and it's a it's a rare object. And we located one, and I learned to play it. Whoa! And uh, played it in the movie. And just like Nick Reynolds, if you see any picture of the Kingston Trio, you'll see him. He's, he, he straps it way up on his body. It's like almost right. at his chin. He's sort of going like this. And um, I, you know, I felt like I was walking in the footsteps of giants and, and, you know, just even holding that object. And at the end of the movie, um, the movie did, did well. And, and I think the studio is very happy with it. And at the end, I ended up, uh, they gifted that. <gasps> oh, that's, great. that's I still, amazing. I still have that guitar. It's that's a, amazing. A, a treasured. I always felt like I told Chris, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a good enough player to own this thing. I think you should have it or, you know, and no, no. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So a little. It's amazing. It's great. There Ever get hard up? Yeah, eBay. I can always just like sell back to Nick Reynolds. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, question four. You played Scott in the dog show flick Best in Show. What is the name of the Shih Tzu Scott and Stefan have? I remember his real name. There were two of them. Um, Flash was the name of the actual This actor. is a lady name. The actor's name was Flash. The dog's name was... Uh, God. Uh, hold on, hold on. T- uh, um, Miss. M- Miss Congeniality. No. Miss Congeniality. No. Damn it. Blank of God. What does a dog do? Oh, that's a good clue. Blank, Blank of, of God. God. Voice of God. Uh, no, no, no. It's a Jane Fonda movie, I think. Agnes. Yes. Yep. Oh, Agnes. It was Agnes. Miss Agnes. It's confusing because when you're making these movies, sometimes that was not a ma- female dog. Yeah. Right. Flash was the one we ended up using a lot because he was very well behaved. Male. I always think of that dog as male. Yeah. So you but it's not. In the movie, he was a female. Yeah. And like the poodle that Jane had to deal with was a disaster. We had to switch the poodle out four times. It, oh by the, by my the end gosh. of the movie, we were painting a poodle the right color Whoa. to get it to match <laughs> the other ones because those poodles are... Very uh, weird cases. dogs, you know. They're, they're head cases, and they, uh, but the uh, the Shih Tzu is not a head case. That was a really pleasant little 
Flying the Norwich Terrier is the best. That's that. that oh one. my gosh, those are so cute. So and that, sweet. It wins the prize in that movie. Yeah, right? uh, you know, so God loves a Catherine's terrier. dog. Yeah, yeah, right. Great dog. Never had to worry about him. He never got replaced. He was just he, he was he was excellent. I can't remember his name either. Oh boy. Do you ever get Shih Tzu owners approaching you? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes. And you're like, back off. It was a movie. Back off. Get over it. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> in question five, you played announcer John Smith in the hit musical comedy Pitch Perfect. What was the name of the song Becca auditions for the Bellas with that ended up becoming a bestseller on the iTunes charts? Yeah, right. What's this? Cup? Yep. Well, I know Plural. she played it with Cup. Is it called Cups? Uh-huh. The, movie, the thing is called Cups. Yep. It's called Cups, parentheses, When I'm Gone. So I think the actual song is oh, when You're Going to Miss Me When I'm Gone or whatever. But You know, that was my uh, – when I, I – I have kids at a school in Pasadena. I went to a, like some school performance or something, and I had uh, made Pitch Perfect, and it, and the, it got released and everything. And But it was all very new, and I got to the school, and there were five girls, junior high girls, up on stage at a table like this, and uh, they had cups in front of them. And they were going, walk, walk, you know, they were doing yeah. the whole thing. And to me, this is me. I was like, that looks so familiar. What is that? <laughs> and, you know, uh, it turns out, of course, it's in Pitch Perfect and, and that the Pitch Perfect had taken off and uh, without me. I had no idea. That, well, you have no appetite. I have no this. appetite. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd never go, you know. Uh, but um, there it was. And that was my indication. It's like, oh, wow, people really like that movie. <laughs> They're the like, junior high talent show is always the good place yeah, to find out what's... Yeah. They're playing cups all the time. It's hard to do that. Oh, cup, it's really hard. Cup trick. Yeah. Mm. I heard it. I didn't even try it. I know. No, it's too hard. I know. I can't do that. What's it called? Cups. cups. But, 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 when I'm gone, when I'm when gone. I'm you're going to miss me. That was good. I was very impressed with that. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? I was very I mean, impressed. everyone on iTunes was, too. I said, yep. It's a yeah. thing. She just seems to be the star of a movie. <laughs> Way to go, Miss Kendrick. She can actually do something we can't. <laughs> you know I mean? That's a it's first. A, that's a first for a star of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, time babe. for my questions. Very different. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? Mm. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Because I've done a few things at Disney and some of their kids' things. Were they there? I'm going to say no. I've okay. definitely met Zach and Cody. Um, Sweet life. Yeah. And I definitely have met Jessie. Uh, Who's Jessie? Isn't she a big television star on oh, probably. Disney? Yeah. Um, Those are probably I'm going to say no. Current. I've never met the Olsen fans. Okay. Never met the Olsen fans. I'd you, like to. Who wouldn't? What, I'm they, right there what with What are you. they, 45 now? Yeah. Yeah, 45, 45 and yeah. descending fast. fast. <laughs> <laughs> they have peaked, honey. And speaking, and speaking of Disney, you were in the uh, the test track video oh, wow. at Epcot, man. correct? Boy, there's a man. Is that I, is they, that still they, there? It, we, it, well, I guess they refurbished it and they got rid of the intro video. So in like 2012. Oh, they did. So, so until that point, it in was, other words. They cut me. Yeah, you've been, been cut. cut. It's Delta but all over again, honey. not until 2012, so whenever you did that. <laughs> they are playing by Sky Rules. have something to do with this? <laughs> did it have, is it because I didn't order the, the yeah, magazine? Well, there's yep. that line where you're like, Test Track has two mommies. And they're like, nope, cut it, cut it. Here's a quick story on the Test Track thing. I promise it will be short. I do the gig. It's hard because the idea is, for those of you listening, it was a ride at Disney World, not Disneyland, Disney World, where you get on a car and you ride around, and while you're waiting in line, it's a, it's a, it's a picture of me on a, on a security cam talking to you as if it, you know, what, what the, the illusion is that I'm some scientist and I'm talking, and there's a security cam on me. So there's no cuts. The, tons of dialogue. 
technical dialogue about torque and pistons and all this stuff that I have no idea. I'm just trying to, you know, I thought it was going to be an easy gig. I just, you know, it's, I read it off the card. Couldn't read it off the card. Had to memorize it. Pages and pages of this stuff. No cuts. Oh, my God. And I was like, can we have someone walk in front of the camera? Or like, like a, a VHS scientist? line or something? Or like, or, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah, like there's a technical problem. And it goes yeah. like that so that we can just do these in a page at a yeah. time instead of me trying to, over lunch, memorize eight pages oh of my technical dialogue about cars. No, had to do it. Tap into oh your God. Shakespeare, honey. Exactly. So, exactly. As I was sitting there, I was like, come on, if you can do, you know, Richard II, you can do this, you know. And, and uh, I'm cramming and cramming and cramming. All afternoon, it's like, you know, you get seven minutes into it, and then you miss a word. Cut. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It was so hard. Finally, I get one take out. That's the take that you see on the that, that they oh, sort of wow. unceremoniously cut on the ride, um, and then, <laughs> then I finish the job. I like straggle home, exhausted. I'm you know quitting show business. <laughs> Months later, they call up and they say, "We need to do some ADR." Uh, 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 what does it stand for? Audio digital recording. I don't know who your audience is, but um, for that job, I have to do some dialogue for it. I go there and they say, there was a sound problem. <gasps> you have to loop oh your, my God. the entire thing. No. Oh my God. I looped the whole performance and it's just me. It's my head oh with my, my lips gosh. moving and there's no car crashing behind me. There's no me turning oh to get a drink of water. Gosh. So you, the lips had to... I had to match every single word for minutes at a time. You're in purgatory. Oh my! It was. It was like, like actors again. It was actors' hell. Oh my it's like, god! It was the looping job from hell, and it was the job from hell also. Yeah, you know, at of, the most magical place on earth. At the most magical place on earth, and then they cut me. <laughs> and now this man. Oh, that's. I'm sorry to hear that. Anyway. Okay, here's your next question. Yeah. You've angered a wizard, and he's giving you two life options. You're mm. either going to be a show dog for one year. Mm. Or you're going to be a person who shows dog com- dogs competitively for 10 years, and you can pick the breed in both situations. Wow. You have your human brain, but you can't speak or anything if you're a dog. But you do have your human brain. Show dog, not a long career. Um, but you only have to do it for a year. You only have to do it for a year. Like be a dog. But you, you have to show dogs for 10 years. Get treats. <laughs> the problem with the show dog thing uh, I'm going to be the dog What kind? I'll take the dog Terrier? I'm gonna be, no I'm going to be a um, I'm going to be a pit bull Whoa Yeah I'm gonna Didn't be a, see it coming Yeah I'm going to be a pit bull Because Pit bulls Um Make a lot of have a lot of uh, power in the room. They do. But if you can be somebody else and be the pit bull, in other words, have all the power, never deploy it. Oh, you get even more power. Smart man. This is why pit bulls are so powerful. I actually happen to like the breed a lot. They're actually they're very beautiful. nice dogs, mm-hmm. and and um, you know they're strong, so they're trained by bad guys to do things. But. Um, Strong and Every, loyal. Everyone's projecting a lot onto pit bulls. And if pit bulls behave in a different, slightly different way than they're expected to, then they're magical. More power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So more power. Okay. You can arrange and record any one album completely a cappella. 
what do you choose? An existing album. When, uh, uh, an album that already exists. Yes. Um, well, I have very sort of tough standards about acapella. I think acapella is uh, better served when it's uh, not imitating other sounds, but having its own integrity. It should flatter the human voice. I'm not so into beatboxes and, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. I don't want to hear an imitation of a record. I want to hear something that uses the human voice in a way that only the human voice can do. I like it. So you, so strangely, <laughs> the, I, I wouldn't use something with a heavy rock or pop beat because you're relying on the beat so much. And that's not so much the best use of the human voice. It would probably be, some classical piece Ooh. like I mean this has been done the swingle singers used to do it in the 60s all the time like Bach and all that stuff then the human voice really starts sounding fantastic mm. as opposed to uh, it almost sounds like the Beatles but not quite the Beatles are better yeah you know what right. I mean yeah. so uh, I would I would use something that's so well music that's so well constructed that the that it would flatter the human voice and that would be Bach, basically. Chopin, that kind of thing. Don't Chopin look so ball. bored with yourself. That's a great answer. Uh, <laughs> you look no so disappointed. Wants, you know what? Finally, no one wants to hear that. <laughs> they don't want to hear that at all. Not, not a, you can pass it around in your underground group of like-minded people. Exactly. They, even they would hate it. But They'd they like, can really? hear it in between acts at my murder of crows. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> that makes it something special. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if you can do a duet album with someone you've worked with, who would it be? Or a duet song. It doesn't have to be a whole album. An album? Album. Flash. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because there I, it is. I get to do all the singing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Flash, where are you today? I don't even know if Flash is alive. I bet he is. I bet he's doing great. Up in the hills. He's up in the hills with, with those, those three pros. pros. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is your final question. Oh, boy. Uh, and it's really tough. It's a time warp. You are no longer allowed to have portrayed David Letterman in a movie. Mm. Instead, you must have played another talk show host. Who do you choose? Mm. And what is the title of this bio picture? Wow. Well, Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> Boy, that's pretty good. Oprah. Yeah? I like it's that. meaty. That's pretty A lot good. to do. A lot to do there. Very interesting character. Mm-hmm. A lot of power. A lot of story. A lot She's, of story. She is a pit bull. She's she got is, power, and it's ye, contained. Yeah, she contains it. She only lets it out in little spurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Lindsay Lohan gets it a little backlash every once in a while. can be called win free or die hard. Huh. Oh, my Boy. God. <laughs> wow. You were ready for that. Nope. <laughs> That's not bad at all. <laughs> You'll take it? I'm going to take win- Oprah Winfrey. I'd like to play Oprah, win- Oprah Winfrey. Great. I think it'd be a great character to play. It would. She's got a lot of history. Uh, Yeah, I love playing Letterman. He's such an interesting... He's Shakespearean. That's a very big... You know, he is a really interesting person, you know, Um, uh, and and complicated, you know, Um, which made it a lot of fun to do. But uh, Oprah Winfrey is sort of in that that area. She's a very bigger than life, you know. And then maybe instead of, you know, oh, everyone's always calling on me to play the homosexual man, it'll Mm -hmm. be the African-American woman. The African-American woman. Which is a new, fun direction for your career I at this totally point. I totally agree. You've not exhausted it. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm running out of ideas. Yeah. For the other stuff, you know? <laughs> not, I have no really good ideas for African-American women. Well, um, you're going to have to start but living can, it, honey. I'm sure I can come up with something. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> my answer is Oprah Winfrey. That's Thank you answer. very much. Thank Sean you very answer. much. You're very welcome. <laughs> you made it all the way through the podcast. Oh my you were so God. great. Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. so uh, you are on Twitter. Yes. I'm follow you there. Online presence. Yeah, I, my online presence. I'm not as good as, I'm, I'm very bad at it, and I have to get better at it, so I promised to tweet more. What's, uh, We're going to hold you to that, to write buddy. down your handle. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 I think it's called, uh, you know, set up the last television show I did. They, they set it up themselves. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and um, it, it's kind of a lousy handle. I think it's called Real underscore J.M. Higgins. Okay. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so give that a try. And, um, and don't judge too harshly. Don't judge harshly. I don't, you know, I don't, again, I, uh, like I said before, I, I, I think Twitter lends itself to great one-liners and, it's. I, I feel like it's not. You're quite trying my to get gig. story in your tweets. Exactly, and you can't get right. story with that. Yeah. True. <laughs> I wrote a few limericks. I thought that was perfect. That's a good format. Yeah. For it. They fit perfectly on there, right? You're welcome, America. <laughs> Haikus fit good too. Haikus are always good. Yeah, it's not a lot of syllables. No, no those no, are good. There. Do you guys uh, write those? Haikus. Haikus? Yeah. Yep. On Sometimes I. We'll write a haiku. Oh, no. Refrigerator sandwich. Wow. That was perfect. That was, that was really beautiful. Good. Thanks. Really yeah, good, right? That was yeah. delicious. I'm pretty good about that. <laughs> so follow everybody here on yeah, Twitter. Real we'll underscore J.M. Right. Higgins. Follow us all. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm Vanessa Rapp. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you so much for being here, Michael. Thanks, guys. It was Yay. a pleasure. Yay. You were wonderful. Thank you. So were you. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.